This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora! Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has surely scored another playoff winner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Uh, we're on episode 19 of the season. Um, where to start? Where to start? Well, we'll start by introducing who we've got on today. So we've got usual suspects, Dunk and Brad. How are you, boys? Um, yeah, all right. Still not oh. fully over Saturday, but that's uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Oh, okay. Brad, yeah, I'm good, yeah, I'm good, mate. Good to be back on. Um, still not happy about Saturday, but let's be positive, eh? Yeah. We've got Ollie from Up the Rs. Welcome back. Yeah, mate. First time in a while, isn't it? Been, been yeah. some uh, few it's months, changed. yeah. Mate, it's changed. The world's changed. The QPR world's <laughs> changed since the last time you were on. It was all sunshine and roses, wasn't it? Now, well, it was, yeah. Yeah, so oh, it'll be interesting. A different kind of chat. Uh, we've got Scudsy on, and we're also joined by Jackie. So we've got a joint Zoom going on. So we've not done that. So we'll give we'll give it a go. How are you both? Yeah, all good, thanks. Apart from again, Mike. Like yeah. everyone else, apart from Saturday, still disappointed. This this could be the highlight of the the weekends, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> we did just to everyone listeners. We did record one last week with Clint Hill and um, and Sean Gallagher, which was a really good one. But it seemed to have massive audio issues, so we apologise for that. We're, we're going to get them on next week or the week after, so look out for that. But let's start. Obviously, we can only start one place, which is Fulham. Um, where do we start? Um, Doug, I believe you've been practising in the shower um, what you're going to say. You called it a, ru- a rant, didn't you? Yeah. Go for it, mate. Um, the floor's yours. Well, I reckon I was probably one of the only few QPR fans that was happy when the uh, fake news about Warburton was circulating. Um, I've had enough, lads. I'm sick and tired of it. Our form has been atrocious recently. We've won two games out of the last 11 the only team since February to have less points than us is Peterborough, and they beat us. Like, the season is literally fizzling out and we're going downhill, like, quicker than Brad falling down some stairs. <laughs> but we, we've just been awful recently. Um, and it's just driving me absolutely mental. I spoke to um, guest of the pod, uh, Statman Jack, today to get some stats on how we compare to the other playoff challengers. Um, so goals scored, we've scored 50 all season, and that's ranked ninth out of all the top nine teams that are up at the top of the table. So we're the lowest with goals scored. Goals conceded, we are the most. We've conceded the most. Uh, goals per game, we've conceded the most, 1.3. Clean sheets, we have the like the least. We've got had ten. Everyone else has had more than us out of everyone else challenging for playoffs. Um, expected goals against is fifty three point one. That's the highest out of those nine teams. Well, 
we are the worst team in the top nine statistically. Well, you've done so your own. We, work. we yeah, don't. Done. We don't deserve playoffs. We've been shocking since like the end of January. January was a poison month. We did so well. The board thought us it were fine. Warburton thought that it were fine. And it's gone downhill since. And that's rant over. Gads, <laughs> what's your view, mate? Are you are you um, going to be pro Warburton and come back? I mean, after hearing all those stats, I just want to go and put the toaster in the bath now. I mean, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it does. It's true, though. No, I mean, I, I agree. With, I mean, like, all those stats literally just sum up everything at the moment. And I've always been a, you know, give Warburton time. You know, I have, I have said in the past he should have gone and then he turned things around. And, and even more recently, I'm like, no, he, he, he could still turn this around. But there are so many games this side of the season that he he's either got the team wrong or he's just got it, you know, tactically wrong. And I just don't see any progression, any further progression, sorry, underneath him. Um, I just... I, I, I don't know if, if now's the right time to let him go um, with how very few games we've got left and the fact that it's very highly unlikely we're not going to make the playoffs, but I don't see past this uh, like the end of the season with him. I, I, I do think that come the end of the season, we need to be looking elsewhere. Interesting. Ollie, what about you? I'm, I'm a bit on the fence, to be honest. I, you know, I look at where we were you know, last season in January and we were, it's, it's almost like we've kind of reversed it. We were awful at the start of the season and then ended up being really good. And now this season we were really good at the start and we've turned it around and been awful. Um, but, you know, I was discussing this the other day. I don't think, despite the fact we were in playoffs for the majority of the season so far, I don't think that we've had a particularly convincing performance other than Reading. I I can't think of a performance where I thought, you know, we actually looked really, really good that game other than Reading. And the fact that this all went downhill after that 4-0 win at Reading is is a bit strange. Um, again, with Warbs, you know, he's done great for us. He's turned us around. He's got one of the best records and managed we've had in a long time. But, you know, recently his, his, his subs have been just negative and I don't think it's time for him to go. But come the end of the season, if he's not, shown that he can you know plan b it properly then i probably would say as well someone needs to come in and shake it all up a bit yeah i mean on the pitch i tend to agree with what you all i think that he something's not right at the moment i don't know what it is so it doesn't feel right the players don't feel right they don't feel it look right i don't know if anyone else has noticed that they just don't look up for it they don't look like we never looked like we were going to score on Saturday in any way, shape or form, I don't think, unless it was going to be a, a random set piece or a lucky penalty or something. I, I just couldn't see us scoring in any way. Um, and I think what's, I think you mentioned it, we've we've always been, we're always on the right side of the fence, weren't we? We're winning 2-1, 1-0, late goals here and there. And I think it was always going to change. The tide was always going to change. You can't be like that, that as often as we were and it not come back. Um, I think... What, what what where I think Warburton is is um, where we, where I think I would like to keep him is is I feel like he's off the pitch more like his his management of the the players seem to like him um, I know that that's not coming through on the on the pitch as such but he's brought a bit of stability on the on off the pitch he's brought through youngsters and there's certainly an argument that side of management but has he brought through youngsters though well because there were some youngsters that were already coming through in the team when he took over so it was a bit like it'd be a back step if they didn't come through we've got some fantastic youngsters on our books and he hasn't even given them it's one of those things just put them in the squad like when we were only putting out five subs why are you not putting the likes of Sinclair Armstrong on the bench you know, he is a massive striker. I mean, he is huge. And I just don't understand why he's not even giving him the opportunity to understand what it's like to be in the first team in the day set up, because that can do so much for a player's confidence. We I say understand that he sending them out alone, but, yeah. you know, cup games and stuff like that, when they were still on our books, it just makes no sense to me. When you think about it, I don't actually know any youngsters that he has actually brought through. Right. But do we think he's developed Ebrezi and Elias Chair to the to the levels they're at now? I know that they were already around before he was there. I'm not so I'm not saying he brought them in, but has he developed them to a level where we could, we've got 19 million for Easy? You know, 
But if you were to speak it. to those players, they would probably say it was down to Chris Ramsey and the and the actual youth setup rather than Warburton himself. Mm. So Jackie, you, you're not pro Warburton either then. <laughs> <laughs> it's, do you know what? What he has done with the money that we have the places that he's taken us to this season had made me believe that, you know what, this could be our year. But this back half of the season has just proved why Forest fans, Brentford fans and Rangers fans have all said the same thing about him, is that there is no plan B. And it's one of those things that we don't have the strength in numbers to be able to bring out a player on from the subs bench and be like, yeah, they're going to change a game. Because in January, he was like, oh, no, we're fine. We weren't even playing that well in December, although we were getting the results in December. If you look at how we actually played those games, we were quite lucky in getting the results that we did. So I know a lot of people were saying it was obviously Dieng and Chair going off to the AFCON and then coming back as kind of disruptive things. But I think it started way before that. And I don't know what it is, but there's definitely an imbalance there somewhere. You've been hampered by injuries. Is that something just playing devil devil's advocate? Off. I feel a bit sorry for the bloke, to be honest. I'm going to go the other way because I, I, I get it. I understand it that, you know, we, we haven't been performing. and But I feel like we've got a, a team there which lacks a lot of consistency, right? So we've got these big players, you know, like Johansson, your Austins, but they're not consistent enough. You've got Dykes who doesn't even want to turn up, you know, and we've had four injuries. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. I do agree with what you're saying, yeah, because... You know how we've been playing is not good enough. We've we've lost the last you know five out of six, and Fulham should never have really mattered really because in the last five times we played Fulham, I think we've lost four times to them, drawn once. I just think Fulham shouldn't. Well, it should have mattered. Every game matters, but it was the t- Cardiffs, your Peterboroughs. They're the games that we just should have been getting these three points. And you know I do do say Wolburn, but I just feel like the team, the team are not showing up for him. Look at that team on paper. You look at Luton and Huddersfield, you look at what their managers are doing there. You, at the start of the season, you would never have put them up there. Yeah, but you're saying about consistency and the, the team not showing up for him. Surely that's his job to get them to show up. Surely yeah, that's his, that. his, his failing you... as a manager. Is he's not getting the best out of those players. He's not motivating those players. I, I understand. Oh, yeah, I get that. But he's very stubborn. He is a stubborn manager formation-wise. The subs he's been making recently have been piss poor. Yeah, I, I get that. But you know, name me another manager that we can bring in that, that can offer the experience of, you know, what he has. Daniel other than Parker. Your, yeah, and I've seen, I've seen Liam Manning at MK Dons, Rooney, but, you know, he'll be useless. <laughs> if, if he leaves, if he leaves, uh, Wolverton, it'll be useless to take over the next se- rest of the season. Be him or Warnock, wouldn't it? If him or Warnock. But I just, oh, bring I just, back Warnock. <laughs> bring back God. <laughs> I just think give him God another is. season. Give him think- another season. The only thing I've got is if we bring another manager in, I do agree that with everything everyone's saying, and I think that his subs and his selection have just been. I, sometimes I look at it and go, "What does he see that I don't see?" I, he must see or hear or know things that I don't, which he probably does. But um, is that, that sort of developed a squad around him and the way he plays, and, and bringing in someone else? I, probably now, just I just don't think would do us any favors anyway. I don't know. Just a personal thing. I think let's see how we go for the remainder of the season and we'll reevaluate in the summer. I wouldn't be surprised if he just wants to walk away in the summer anyway. I don't know what anyone else feels like. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I mean, the thing is with him at the moment is, is if you get rid of him or not, you're damned if you do and you're damned if yeah. you don't because yeah. he could turn it around. I mean, like, you know, stranger things have happened. We're, we're QPR, we never do anything the easy way, of course. But at the same time, we can end up falling further away and then, like, you know, finishing in the bottom half, like, you know, for argument's sake. But, yeah, come the summer, you know, if he does walk away, because, you know, he did get offered that job at the FA not so long ago and turned it down. If that, that sort of thing come up again, he might actually turn around and go, do you know what, I've had enough of, obviously, all the, the crap I'm having to take off of, off of some of the QPR fans, because the, the fan base is very much split on it at the moment. And he might might well well and truly walk away. See what um, one thing that I don't like, which frustrates me, is I see a lot of opinions about the fact that we shouldn't be where we are. We're batting above our station. We're well, you know, we don't deserve to be up there. I, 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 that winds me up more than anything. Yeah, yeah. I I don't necessarily think we are promotion quality. I think I said in the last time I was on here that I think at the time we 
probably were the weakest team in the top six. And I, I, I think when I look at when it kind of turned, I do wonder whether it's been mentioned a bit, whether the January window has unsettled people because it almost seemed like the second we started bringing in these players, all of a sudden that fight was gone because, you know, as you said earlier, that the way that our players look on the pitch, like they just don't look interested. They're, I, I, you know, they've lost that fighting spirit that they had in December because, you know, in December we we had that fight in us, didn't we? We we play awful for eighty five minutes, but we'd managed to get a late winner because we had that fight. But we seem to have lost that. They seem to lack interest. Like the body language is just completely different. I wonder whether it is because of the January window. You, I don't know. You've got to remember, it's, it's yeah, we've, we've lost Willick though, haven't we? I know, I know it's not an excuse, but he he provides us our most assist. He's our most creative player in that team. You know, he's and he's a big miss to us. So we, we have lost, and I, I, we've lost four keepers. It's unheard of, really, isn't it? We've, you know, we, we've lost four keepers. You've, you've got, a, in that respect, you know, do you see what I mean? It's it's tough, isn't it? Look, losing the four keepers is unprecedented, isn't it? Like, that's never going to really happen to most teams in any season. But <clears throat> recruitment-wise, like, we got Jeff Hendrickson on loan. Whoever, I don't know who sanctioned that deal, whose, like, idea it was. But... We didn't need a central midfielder in the Jeff Hendrick mould. We needed no. somebody who would support um, Chrissy Willock, Ilias Chair, and be an attacking outlet. That and that's Patterson. what we didn't. Yeah, someone like Patterson. To be mm. the, the money we're wasting we on yeah, the money we're wasting on Hendrick's loan on loan for his, for his wages. Surely we could have that would have subsidised something towards Patterson as well as what we originally had bid for him. I just don't get it. It shows a lack of ambition from somebody. But Les comes out and says, oh, we offered to back him. Warburton said he was happy with the squad. Like, was believe? he actually happy? Like, who do you believe exactly? And, and we all knew that, that we, were, we were an injury or two away from being so short up front. And, and, and mm. you know, look, Thomas, you know, I just want to mention, I thought he had a good game on Saturday. And I don't, I don't want to demeanour him because he, I think he works hard, but he really lacks some quality when he gets the ball in that final third. You know, that, compare him to Cher and Willock, even Amos. He's miles behind them, and I know he works hard, um, and it, I get it, and it's great energy, and it, maybe he's a good impact sub. But if you're relying on him to to, to to sort of you know push this team towards back to the playoffs, I'm, I'm not so so sure that's. Uh... I mean, I I said to um, to uh, Jackie and, and a few other people on Saturday that you know as much as I you know love like everyone loves Jamie Mackey, we'll see uh, that. Thomas actually on Saturday, yeah, couldn't fault his work though. He he reminded a bit of Mackey in terms of the effort was there, that you know, that he worked hard to to get the ball to get in their faces. It's just there was no there was no end product with him, like, you know, and and it's when that, you know, or if you're not gonna have two strikers and you're gonna have him on, then you need someone like Chair to be playing with him, you know, like the whole uh Chair and, and Willock partnership that we've had most of the season. You know, I think Thomas needs that that support in that sort of attacking midfielder role because himself, he's not the quality's not there with him. The work rate is, but it's just not the quality. I think Albert Adoma should, you know, should be going up in that position over Thomas. He, he you know, he's naturally that position. Thomas needs someone there. next to him, you know, like a chair or just someone else that can that can. I just feel like him on his own with Dykes, who's not the most mobile striker. Do you know what I mean? And he's got to do all the running and all of the creativity. And I just don't think, I think that's probably too much for him, I think. Mm. What's, your view, what's your views on Johansson? What he did on Saturday? Uh, <sighs> I didn't even want us to sign him full time. I wasn't a fan of him when he came on loan. So the fact that we brought him in and then now it's a bit like, well, I've got my contract, who cares, is the attitude that I thought he would have. I wasn't impressed with him when he was on loan. And I know everybody, but me and my dad were not fans of him at all at the beginning. And so the fact that he's now doing this, I'm a bit like, well, I was proved right a year ago. <laughs> did well, the thing I wanted to follow up with that is, and the one thing that really irks me, and I'm, and I'm saying that politely rather than swearing, is uh, that when he got subbed, the turn around to what, like to our fans, 
and applauded us as he was going off. I mean, I, 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 I said to Jack, him, the old man, and that, I said, the worst thing we can do is play him today because he's going to be too scared of upsetting Fulham. Like, I get that he, he didn't necessarily want to leave, but at the same time, you know, like he came to us on loan and, you know, made a point to prove that why he should still be at Fulham but still come anyway. But Saturday just proved that now, again, like he's got his contract. It, you know, he's, asked, he's not, not with us, that's for sure. To be honest, I think since we signed him, he, he hasn't looked half decent. He hasn't looked like the player he was. You know, I don't, I don't think he's offered us anything, really, other than his, his vocal on the pitch that I can see every now and then. But I just I, don't, I agree with you. I don't think we should, we should have really signed him. But a lot of Rangers fans would disagree with my statement there. But... I think figured they'd disagree. I think that he was bought at the right, the right reason. I think he had a good sort of when he was on loan, I thought he was fair. We were pretty poor, weren't we? So him coming in was like a ray of sunshine and he was probably looked better than he actually was because we were so poor, so poor. And the results were going well, weren't they? So and actually he was pretty effective. He was, you know, he was, it, he, had, he had a lot of energy, which I don't see anymore. And he, and he could pass the ball, which I don't see anymore. So I, I, I'm struck. He doesn't score. He doesn't shoot ever. Like literally he could be right in front of the goal. He does never anymore. shoot. Why so doesn't Nicky ever go on those runs and take those shots outside the box anymore? Yeah. Where has that kind of gone? It's as if they, they've been told, if you're outside of the 18-yard box, you can't have a shot anymore. Because it seems like we have to do 65 passes yeah. before we even try and get it in the back of the net, which is really frustrating. Yeah, Re- Recycle, isn't it? Recycle, recycle. It's because Warburton's the numbers man, isn't he? And statistically, you're more likely to score from inside the six-yard box than you are 30 yards out. So he plays the number game of... Get the ball to the byline, get it in the bo- in the box, and from six yards out, you're more likely to score. Whereas, how many times from thirty yards do people score? Not very often. So you understand the like his philosophy. That's his philosophy. But sometimes, just take a punt. Like, what's it going to hurt? Like, I just feel for Steph. Do you feel like being captain is a weight on his shoulders? Because he wasn't so captain. Actually, he, he wasn't captain yeah. last year when he was on loan. He's been ca- coming as captain this season and he's not been the same player. And for me, our captain to walk off the pitch and clap in the away fans, I know he played for them, but we're losing. But and that's, our, that's our derby, that's a rival, and he's clapping them. I, I, it just irritates me. I want so do our it after. to show fights and passion. Yeah, do it after. Do it in the warm-up. Give him a little clap as you're warming up. Do you know what I mean? I get it. But not when we're losing the game. Mm, I, I think... think I think Barbate should have been captain anyway. I think Barbate should have been made captain. But my worry is, you know, there's a question mark over his head. You know, does he want to stay at us? I've heard rumours he wants to go back to France. You know, his body language says he he doesn't look happy. But you name me a player in this squad now, I might be a bit harsh, but Jimmy Dunn and Willock that that is consistent. He's consistent week in, week out. Maybe... Most there of isn't. players are consistently crap at the moment. That's what I mean. <laughs> but I've, well, I, I don't think Dunn is. I think Dunn's been brilliant for what six or six or seven games. He's been blinding, hasn't he, Jimmy Dunn? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been made to eat my own hat with that one because at the start of the season I was like, I can't see what he's going to bring. You know, we've got the uh, uh, device and all that, and now I have eaten my own hat on him. And I would say he's now our, our best defender. But why didn't he play on Saturday? Hmm. He didn't play for Ireland, did he? No, no, no he didn't. So I've got it's that not like he's knackered. It's just... But if you think they're um, Fulham's number six, um, the midfielder that ran the game, he played all of the games for um, for America. Mm. And yet he came on and he still ran that pitch for, what, 80 minutes? <laughs> so don't tell me that Jimmy Dunn needed a rest for not playing for Ireland. Yeah, exactly. And, and to be honest, God, I, I just... Sanderson is not... Is not not the right option and for me I don't know what your thoughts are on Sanderson as well Jesus he looked he looks awful it's mental because when we play Birmingham so when when we play Birmingham away I thought you know he looks like a decent centre half I thought you know what and then when we were linked with him I thought that's good like I'm happy with that that's good signing honestly he's like a deer in headlights I honestly don't get it slightly slightly harsh I think he's he's coming to the team at the real wrong time like we're really poor. He's playing everywhere along the back three. He's playing in every position. Um, 
And it, I'm not saying that he's brilliant, you know, that he deserves to be ahead of the other three yeah, centre backs, but I just feel like there is a good player in there, but he hasn't been great. I'll admit that. But, but it's like Warburton's trying to shoehorn him in. Yeah. Like, although obviously, like, um, Dickie got suspended, so he had to come in for that and stuff, but he's not done a lot. Like, he's lost his rag, got himself sent off against Blackpool. For what reason? Like, he'd won the free kick. I don't get it. I just, it's just another strange one. We're almost like Warburton's picking players on like favoritism rather than something like actual work ethic and ability at the minute. He's Ollie. dropped Barbe because Barbe won't sign a contract, which is ridiculous. Ollie, what, do you, what, what were you going to say? You're going to say something a minute ago. Uh, I was regarding the Stefan Hansen thing. I don't think the mistake was signing him. I think the mistake was signing him, offering him a three year deal and captaincy when he's just had a six-month loan spell. Um, and I think, you know, I, I look at the players that we have at the team, as, as you said, it's mainly consistency-wise, it's it's Willock, Field, and, um, yeah, done. But I actually spoke to a fan of one of the, uh, of the team that Device is playing for in Germany, and they, and they can't believe we let him go. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I mean... It, it, it makes me wonder whether or not we should have just had a bit more faith in Device because I know he's a bit of an injury-prone player, but, you know, something needs to be done. You know, the thing is, we look at the team and, and defensively, we we love we, we seem to love our defenders, but they seem to be pretty dog-awful bar done. So wh where is the problem coming from? Because we're like, oh, yeah, Wallace is great. Dunn's great. Dickie's amazing. I think Dickie's been awful, personally. Unpopular opinion, but I think he's been woeful. A few goals has made him look a lot better than he is. There's so much weakness in this team. It's 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 difficult. Through um, all of this, and I know that we're being quite negative, but through it all, okay, if we win on Tuesday, like, I think it's a big if. I do. I think it's going to be tough. But if we were to, we you know we are still in it. You know we're in it. We don't like you know we got Preston away, Derby at home. I mean. Sheffield United at home, it's it's for somehow that it could still be there for Warburton. But what is it? What do we think he needs to do to Jackie? What do you think he needs to do to to, to be able to give us a chance? I, I think the difficulty is, is that he doesn't know what his best starting eleven is. Don't get me wrong, we've got injuries, so you know our best starting eleven includes people that are currently sat with the physios at the minute. But I think he just we need to have consistency in the players that he's playing so that they can actually seem like they know who each other is. Because at the moment, I just don't feel like there's any cohesion on the pitch. Like when you had Willock and Chair playing together, they kind of knew where the other one was going to put the ball. So they made sure they got into that position. Whereas I don't feel like we've, we've had that with either Illy being off at AFCON and then Chrissy getting injured. So that seems to have gone. So for me, there just needs to be people who actually train together that know, do you know what? If he gets on that left-hand side, he's going to whip the ball in. I need to be here because that's where it's going to land. Whereas that just doesn't seem to happen. They just look like strangers at the minute. I think this all boils down to no, do you know, strikers though. We, we've we lacked Dykes, Austin, Gray. I know Gray scored a few crucial goals for us, but we've lacked a, a goal scorer this season. That all season. We, we, you know that's that's difference between us and a lot of the teams in the top seven or eight is that they've got goal scorer. Even the Huddersfield have got that ward. He's on like 17, 18 goals. Um, you know, and, and we just haven't had that all season, have we? No. You know, fit, fitness wise, get get a youngster on the bench. Get Sinclair Armstrong on the bench. There's nothing. You know, how do you think players like Louis Sibley, Marcus Rashford, all these players that end up coming out of nowhere and being as good as they are, come through. They just get a chance off the bench. Why Why are we not sticking a young striker on the bench when we, you know, we started the game a few weeks ago with one striker on the pitch and not one on the bench. Stick I mean, six arms on the bench and he, and he might save our season. You don't know. He, you know, he might completely surprise us all. We know what he can do. It just seems like Mark, Mark Auburn don't take risks. That's what he needs to do. He needs to start taking risks. I mean, I'm not being funny. I know it's probably almost about 30 years ago now, but Kevin Gallon. He was started as a youngster. Yeah. With, all right, he had Les, which, you know, an aquatic strike that Les is, but he started as a youngster, and all right, he wasn't, you know, he was never like, you know, a prolific, you know, goal scorer, but he still got, you know, some important goals over the years, and that's how he, he, he built up his repertoire, you know. 
And I, I get it nowadays, everyone, it's more about bloody football manager and, and FIFA rather than actual man management sometimes, you know, it's stats about this, stats about that. How about, you know, you put the kids, you know, you're either going to swim or you're going to drown, you know, and you'll soon mm. sort of like learn. I mean, like even going back to when we had um, Hitchcock, for example, he was only a youngster, played a couple of games, the crowd loved him, he did all right, but then he got mm. shipped off. You know, it was, they, they were too scared to continue with that, playing playing a youngster, you know, because he didn't have the experience, he didn't have the, the right stats, you know, and that's that's when I, I do think that, you know, yeah, we should be including some of these youngsters. Well, more. how much experience did Rooney have when he first came off the bench and started scoring for fun? Oh, 16 years, bloody exactly. hell, so... so mm-hmm. you know I mean? He, look, he looked a big unit as well, did he? He looks a big oh, lad. Yeah. He looks physically like he could deal with it, and um, and I've been hearing really good stuff about him. I don't, I don't know why. It's a good, it's a good observation. I, I... But it, even, even just just to lump him on at seventy five minutes, you know, it's a defender's, that's a defender's nightmare. A big lump like him coming off the bench when they're tired. I think yeah. Jesus. But how are players meant to get experience if you're not even putting them on the bench to even see what it's like to work with the first team, to train with the first team? It's one of those things mm. like I fully appreciate sending players out on loan and I think that doing that is really beneficial to their careers. But he, at the moment, he's not out on loan. So to me, I'm a bit like, well, what is he learning at the minute? So what is the harm in you just putting him on the bench, 80 minutes left to go, as you say, tired defenders who have literally had enough of the game of just thinking, I just need to see this one out. You bring this big geezer off the bench, they're going to start worrying. He could be the next George Santos, but actually a striker. George <laughs> <laughs> Santos. So do you, do you think then, so on all this talk, we think the dressing room has lost Wolverton? Do you, do you think Wolverton's lost the dressing room then? I don't um, think so. I think that um, I think there's players or there's elements. I, I think what you said about someone said about January players coming in. I think that's done something. I don't know what exactly, but getting rid of Geordie and bringing in Sanderson, Hendrick coming in. Um, I think the players all know as well. We need another midfielder, so I can mm. imagine that some of the midfielders yeah. that we already had were probably pretty annoyed that they brought in a midfielder who I'm sure he might have been good at the teams he's played for before, but I haven't seen any quality from him at all in any of the games. And yet we've got the like, the youngsters again. You know, we've got Duke McKenna, who's out on loan to Torquay, who was brilliant. He played in the friendly against Man United and had a cracking game. So did Faisal Batash. So you've got youngsters here that could have come through and taken that spot. But then you've also got the likes of Don Ball, who sometimes can be a liability, but... He's got his, he, he plays with heart and I'd much prefer that rather than Hendrick who just doesn't seem to know heads or tails where he's going. And that's, he just looks like a headless chicken for me whenever he's out there. He looks so lost. I've, I've said it from day one. He's got four or five so similar players. He's got yeah. Fields, he's got Johansson, he's got Hendrick, he's got Ball, you know, he's got Dazelle. He's got five <laughs> players there that all play similar football. They all play the same sort of game. Well, this is what we're so we yeah we're lacking strikers, well, yeah, we're I lacking. but we we're also lacking that something in midfield other than Willock and Chair, really, aren't we? We lack creativity, and he, yeah, you know, Willis pace. They're the two things that we're really lacking, and that's pace um, because we have none. Uh, when you're 35 year old, is the fastest player in your squad. That will tell you that you like that, and also we haven't got any creativity, literally none. Um, so I think they're the two biggest issues. Dunk, what's what's he got to do for you to to, to give it a go with these last? What is it? Eight eight games? Is it seven? Isn't it for us? We've got yeah. seven, haven't we? I think it's eight, seven or eight. Yeah. Well, for me, like for him to stay, for me, we need him. He needs to win five games. But to win these five games, I think he's really got to go against what he's done for the last year and actually change formation. I feel like. We've got basically back five with two holding midfielders, and we're leaking goals. So it's not working defensively. So why not go to a back four, put another body in midfield, and actually just try and win a game? Commit, go further, like put some more attacking impetus into the team. Ollie, what about you, mate? Um, I'm I'm similar. I think something he needs to he needs to bite the bullet and just change it up a bit. You know, five at the back works for a while. It's not working now. I think for me, three key things: change of formation, uh, introduce some youngsters into the in, onto the bench, and just start giving people a bit more freedom because we seem to play this same way all the time. Encourage our midfielders to have a pop. 
you know, how many times have we seen Stefan Johansson 20 yards out, have no one in front of him, have a chance to shoot and he just holds it for a second, looks left and right and just pass it sideways. Just just give them a bit of confidence to have a pop and, and, and give them a bit more freedom. And that's all I can see at the moment. That's all there is for me. Just change it up a bit. I'd like to see us just have a go. Two up top, Dykes and Gray, chair behind. Um, you know, if we're going to play five at the back, just a real have a go. Or Like you say, I'd like us to play four at the back, move a dome further up maybe, um, um, and play with wingers. Maybe, I don't know. It's difficult. It's difficult though, isn't it? Because you open yourself up away at Sheffield United. You're going to, you know, there's a good chance you're going to get a thrash. So, so it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Mm. I, I, I'd like to see, because Amos found form, didn't he? And he, he still didn't even get in the team. And for me, that was a massive decision because when a player finds form out and you don't pick him through starting 11 the week after, it just baffles me. It baffles me because, you know, he just showed you he could do it. I think what he's got scored two or in three, was it? Or three and three or something like that. And you just, you just think, even push him up to a more attacking role. Well, you know, what have we got to lose? These next few games are, are crucial. So he's got to change it. And I agree with what everyone's saying. He needs to change it. But, for me, I think Wolburton will just be that stubbornness he is, and he'll he will just stick with what 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 we play. I know he will. You uh, can just, see it. I just want to say, like uh, going from what Brad was saying now, I remember the last time I was on, I was saying about uh, Amos when he played in that that attacking midfielder role at Luton away, and what a difference it made. And that's exactly it. You know, like the way he's been playing when he has been starting, and I say he's got those those cut of goals. How are you not starting him? You know, why are you starting? You know, uh, you know, ZZ top in in terms of uh, Johansson and and Hendrick, both did a bloody good haircut for a start. Um, <laughs> why are you starting him over the likes of Amos and and Dezel, Right, you know, I mean, Dezel offers um, again, you know, uh, you know, a lot of energy. Maybe not the end products, but Amos, you know, why why are you not starting him? You know, sort of thing over at least one of them two for sure. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I think that um, Amos, I'm worried about Amos. I'm worried that Warburton, I can see him on, on Saturday. He looked a little bit down, didn't he? I don't know why I said it all the players, but he particularly looked a little bit. A couple of passes went astray and he kind of lost his, you know, his, his, you know, his, his pace and his, you know, he gives you that, doesn't he? That energy. To, um, he kind of lost it a little bit. Mm. And I'm just worrying that, what do we... What do we think about Barbe then? We touched on it, Brad. Um, what, what are we going to do with him? Oh, he didn't. He got, on Fulham, he went over to Wolverton and gave him a couple of words, didn't he? I see. Yeah. yeah. So I just don't, I don't know. I, it'd be nice to see Barbe stay. Come on, I mean, he's 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 God in he? He's been excellent this season. He, he didn't miss all those games. He's just his work work ethic. What the club means to him. He's another Clint Hill sort of thing, isn't he? Meaning, like he'll, he'll put everything in for the club, and I, I, he'll be, I'll be ashamed to see him go. But I just, there's a big question mark over his head. Will he stay? Is he going to stay? Who knows? Dunk, what do you think, mate? Uh, I, I agree with Brad. Really, I, it's a tricky one just to try and gauge. Like I'm assuming, like we're all just like making the assumption that he's only not playing because of this contract situation. But I, I. I I get we've got options in the back, but like he's he's naturally left-footed. He gives us good balance on that side. And he's probably been one of our most consistent players this season when you actually look at the season as a whole. So I just find it's really strange that he's not featuring now or hasn't really been featuring. I just I feel like Warburton doesn't know what to do with the players he's got and how to manage the atmosphere with not picking Barber because he won't sign a contract. It's almost like what we had a situation with Manning and Bright, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. When we knew they, like, as soon as as soon as they said they weren't signing, but Warburton stopped playing them, the club stopped playing them, and it's just like it didn't work there, did it? No, exactly. Backfired then. You just need to okay, like you've been brilliant for us for what three seasons. Thanks for your time. We'll let you go. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you've done you've done us proud. You like bled for us, like. Thanks for the time here. Good luck with the future. I get it. But just to like, it's almost like he's cutting his nose off to spite his face. Jackie, what's your views on Barbie? 
I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely, I, I do love him. I mean, he's my anytime bet every single week to score and he, he hasn't done me right yet. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it's one of those things, like for me, he should have been captain this season. He's got a very commanding presence. Don't get me wrong, I don't really want him on free kicks, penalties or corners anymore because I don't feel like that's where his forte is. But I just feel like his presence in that, back four, five, always just makes me feel a little bit safer about how the game's going to go, just because he will put everything on the line to try and stop a ball going past him. And some of the balls that he does ping across the field, I'm a bit like, yes, Johan, like, <laughs> how much have you been practicing that, practicing that one in training? So I would love to see him stay, but it's one of those things, obviously, he's got a young family, he's recently engaged, you know, if he wants to go back to his home country to be able to raise his family... You can't really, you know, I can understand why he would want to do that. I just don't want him to do that. <laughs> he's, he's really, he's really, the, the change of formation has suited him massively, hasn't it? He, he yeah. In a back four, he's probably not as effective and his mistakes get found out. But in a back five, I feel like that really suits him on that left side. Um, yeah. If that's the way we're going to go. Then he, 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 and he's been excellent this season, hasn't he? Um, Ollie, what, what, what are your views, mate? You think we've got to try and get him to sign that contract? I mean, he he is, you know, he's not quickest. He's not your average centre back, but I think he has the heart and the and the determination on the pitch. He's a re- he, he he reminds me of um, he has kind of a similar attitude to like Clint Hill, etc. The way he'll just get stuck in, and I think if we if we do happen to lose him, I think it'll be be a massive loss for us. Not necessarily in terms of the team on paper, but in terms of the the dressing room, I think, yeah, I'll be glad if he goes. I think he's one of my favourite players and he's consistent and he's never injured. So it's a win-win if we get him again. <laughs> so on um, Saturday evening when the news broke, I was just randomly listening to Talk Sport, like doing, I can't remember what I was doing, putting the dishes away or something, and they just randomly said that Mike Warburton was on the brink. And then I go on my phone and see that an MP has also been sacked called Warburton. And I'm thinking, hang on a second. Something, something doesn't feel right here. Um, I don't know about anyone else. Um, and then it broke across, you know, various um, media outlet outlets. But I guess there's no smoke about fire for me. I, I don't think he is going to get sacked, but I, I certainly feel like there's something in the water. That, that, They're testing it. Testing the water. Yeah, there's something. I just always feel like he's quite a, one of them. Is quite a well, well respected journalist. I'm not too sure he would just stick it out there for the. You know, I, they probably do. But my point is, I reckon there's something behind it. He's been told something. Um, yeah. And I, just I reckon don't know what... if he's, he's got to the end of the season, I think if he doesn't turn it round, I think he'll go in the summer. Did you just did you listen to his interview just, just today? He sounded like a man who. Yeah, I see it. And, and I read, I read somewhere that he's. Oh, it sounds like if he don't get us in the playoffs, that that could be it for him anyway, um, rightly or wrongly. Um, Scuds, what's your view, mate? Yeah, no, I mean, um, I mean that sounds about right. I mean, yeah, I mean a lot of fans have got these these high expectations um, about us this season, but I'm gonna be funny to go from you know constantly being 13th to relegation threatening to finishing the season ninth and possibly should have even finished higher last season. I think, yeah, the expectations were were raised. And I think we all believed it. We all bought into it as well, that, that Warburton would get us top six this season and, and fairly comfortably, you know. And, and at one point, you know, we could have even got second. So I think, and that's the thing, like, let's not get it twisted that, you know, this still technically has been a good season if we still finish in the top half, you know. Because it's only the second time, other than obviously winning it or uh, you know going up by a playoffs, that we finish in the top half. I think that the most depressing thing for everyone is is the way we've just thrown away that that really good position. And I think that's why people are obviously getting on his back and 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 this set and the other. But to me, if if he can't better the the ninth spot, you know, after being given pretty much you know the reins to go forward and do whatever, you know, and utilise the team how, how he wanted. To not be able to do that, especially in the January transfer window, like like before, I, I just don't see how he can he can better it by, by staying on another season. But, I mean, 
as I say, I, I, I would say keep him until the end of the season because I can't I can't see us doing any any better, but I can't see us doing much worse. Um, you know, and I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna help us if we get rid of him now. But I, I don't I don't see how he he can stay past the end of the season if we don't even I mean if we, don't get me wrong it's say all right say for example we finish seventh that could change a lot of opinions that could change a lot of minds you know if we miss out on the last day by a point we'll still be kicking ourselves but we'll still say well he's better than last season so yeah by all means keep him on but if we don't if we don't really progress past what we've done last season then I, I don't I don't see how he's gonna be able to um, you know stay past past the end of this season sort of thing. I, what the point you made there actually is a really good point around. It hasn't been a bad season if you look at it as a whole. Where we are now, we're ninth. You know, if you look at it just as face value, we're ninth. We're, we're in the mix. When you know, forget about form and stuff like that. But I think you're right in where we were. We were literally. I think we were like a win away from. We had games in hand as well. We had games in yeah. hand. We had. We had we were third, second, third, fourth, like for like months. We were on four. We were the top team in 2021 in all four divisions. Yeah. Um, so to go from that, come from January, we're missing our best players. They all come back from injury, from AFCON. Everything's rosy. We're going to go on and do this to then go and take, what is it, Dunk? Seven points out of 30 something. I think it's oh. eight, eight points in it. Out of 32, 36. Yeah. 36, it's just, that's relegation form. How can you just suddenly go from that to that? Um, which is what's hit the hat, some of the fans quite hard, I think. Not so, and I think, you know, that's a reflection on Warburton, which is coming through. So I think that's where we are. Um, Ollie, what did you vote for on the poll? We did a, we did a poll did, uh, on the podcast earlier around, and it looks like, it looks like most people are with him, but, Still 45% are sort of saying no, get rid, or at least let's look in the let's look in the in the summer. What what did you go for? Yeah, I went with the second option. Just I was I was a bit annoyed at the time, so I did click let's let's get rid. Um, <laughs> oh. I, I don't think I'm over Sunday to be honest. Uh, Saturday's rather to be honest. It just very much annoyed me. I think not when I say get rid, I don't mean now, you know, let him let him have his next seven games off of paydays, and then I think just 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 get someone new in. I, I'm not convinced of this Daniel Farker stuff. Um, you know, you, you, I see him at, Nor- at Norwich and, and and teams like that, and he, he's done it with money, but we don't have money, <laughs> so I, I think it's difficult because, yeah, I I don't see I don't off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone that could deal with a budget like ours and do what we can. At the moment, good point, Brad. Um, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, if in the summer we don't go up, um, and and you know, we get a new manager in or not, or more button stays, do we feel like it feels like we need to sell someone? I feel like it's, I feel like the club financially may. Is there someone you'd cash in on, or is there someone who's likely to leave? See, for me, I, I would have, I would have said. Willock, but now he's injured. I think Willock's not going to go anywhere. Mate, I don't think anyone will come in for him until, you know, next window, even if they do. But I, I think Ilias, but I, I, I'm a bit harsh because I love Ilias chair and, you know, he's come on the pod and he's a really nice bloke and he's done a lot for us. But if if we could get the money for him, when because I, I, I can't see him getting any better than what he is. I just feel like the consist, you know, the, what he was showing in that, and I think, I think just what money? Ilias. What money? How much? I think I don't know. We said this last time, didn't we? And no one did, agreed with me. But would you say eight million is a fair price for chair? I was thinking seven. Eight. The, I think things are realistic. He's got, he's got the quality to be well. You can see bits of the quality where you could have seen him going for an SA type figure. But yeah. he just hasn't shown that consistently on the pitch for anyone to be willing to spend that kind of money on him. As they did that day in, day out for us, which is why when they came in with the offer that they did, we kind of had to snap their hands off at it with Palace. But Ilias could have done that, but he just doesn't seem to have kind of 
progressed if he's got someone around him that's got quality he looks better and I think I was the kind of person who fell into the trap of Ilias is fantastic but, but when you look at it he had Eze that was doing bits around him mm-hmm. then he's had Chrissy Willett yeah. doing bits around him so I think seven or eight is more realistic than potentially the 15 that I was thinking in my head last season but I still think I still think Dieng is is you know I know he's injured now but there's a lot of interest in Dieng when he was our number one and I just think Diang would someone could possibly come in for him. I don't think Dickie's going anywhere. At the start of the season, we probably in the middle we said that Dickie would be one of our highest earners because he was playing so well. But his his performance and his drop. So I think out of that team now it'd be chair unless you, someone comes in for Dykes Premier League. But do you, do you think Dykes is Premier League? Do you- oh, if we get any money for Dykes, you take any five million plus, you take it and you run. <laughs> Yeah, if, Burnley, if Burnley do get relegated, you could see them putting a cheeky bit in yeah. with Dykes. Yeah. Especially in the Championship. They, like, you do, I reckon he'd do a job for them because their style of player would, is more suited to him than ours. I think, touching on Ilias, I feel like if we had a progressive manager who built a team around him and actually we gave him some forwards who had some movement, I think he, he would be up with that um, easy le- um, level. I feel like easy. We've got to remember, easy had Naki Wells banging in goals. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like even Jordan Hugel, who couldn't hit a barn door, scored <laughs> what 12, 13 goals. Yeah. And that's because easy gave him like. about ten. Yeah, yeah. it's fifteen, wasn't it? Uh, ten. But that's because easy was giving him ten chances a game. Do you know what I mean? Like we've got nothing up top. Like Dykes hasn't pulled up any trees this year. Charlie's not been the same. Gray, I think if you look at the, the minutes played per goals, Gray's probably our best striker, but he's not been playing consistently. We're not at home anyway. No. <laughs> well, I feel like going back to like where we were started off so well last season was playing two up top, Charlie and um, Lyndon. We've not done that this season because we've been trying to fit in Chrissy Willock and Ilias. And I feel like that's where we're struggling because we, I feel like Dykes works better as a two. I feel Gray would work well with Dykes. So then it's just so difficult. So- I, feel if, 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 I feel if Chair had the people he could play, play the ball to properly... He'd be that fifty million pound player because he'd get more assists. Yeah, but don't. The last time we actually had a successful team with just one up front, was 2010, 2011, when Hyder was up, up front his own. Yeah. That was the last time it worked. Exactly. What player? What L- player L- Linda Dykes is no Hyder Helgeson, is he? He's not. <laughs> bless him. He's not. Uh, but no, that, that's the last time we actually we actually had a successful. You know, front line with just one up front. Well, when was the last time we had a striker that got over twenty goals in a season? Well, well, well I think Charlie got nineteen, didn't he? He got, he got 19. nineteen. Yeah. Right, well, give or take one or two. No, but I mean, don't, get still, you know I mean? yeah. like, don't get yeah. me wrong. That was a massive feat considering we were like bottom of the prem, and he still managed to get nineteen goals for us that season, being one of the boys whipping teams. Yeah. But you know. QPR and strikers just don't seem to go hand in hand. Yeah, we can name strikers that we've all loved over the years that we've supported them, but it's not like we've got someone who consistently year after year is on that, you know, they, they're smashing them in for fun. I was going to say, QPR and, and happy times don't seem to go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> so are we all agree. So are we all agreeing then? Chair is our biggest asset, money-wise, um, or do you disagree? I think what the club would want for him and what they'd get for him are two different things. I think that's why he won't get go, because... I don't think that anyone would stump up the money that we would want for him because I think he's highly thought of and he's a creative player and all this sort of stuff. I think from a from a I think Dickie's the one where I think we'll get the most money and I, I don't know you know like Ollie said he's he's not been great this season. I think he's overhyped. The media overhype him, and I think that someone will come in with a bit of a silly bid and we'll accept it. And I think we'll that that will be some or Dykes. I think like you say, someone could come in with five million plus for Dykes, which for me is is take it and, and, and go and get a couple of new strikers. I can't remember if it was um, Optostats or 442 magazine, something had um, Chrissy Willock and Rob Dickey in the top 10 most valuable assets in the championship. Or 442. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's mad. Like, Chrissy Willock, I completely agree with. I think, I actually think Chrissy Willock is our most sellable asset. And I mm. think he's the one we'd get the most money for. But like Brad said, with the injury... I think any move now, hopefully for us, has been put back until at least January, maybe <laughs> even the following summer. Yeah. But 
I, I don't, I honestly, like you said, Ben, I don't see what everyone else sees with Dickie. Like, yes, he scored the goals at the start of the season, but like he's been poor this season, really, compared to how he was last season for us. Got it there, hasn't he? Like, he's just not gone on. He's not kicked on. He's gone backwards a little bit this season, which is frustrating because you know he was good last season. He was a bit, you know, he scored goals and won a couple of really good goals even this season. But for some reason, he's digressed. He flops around all over the place, doesn't he? Which is frustrating. That's the thing that frustrates me about him. And same with Dykes. These players are like six foot odds, like massive, and they just seem to just fall fall over like you know gust of wind. Ollie, what do you think, mate? Yeah, I'd agree. Willock, by far, our best asset. I, I, it's a shame that the World Cup's not in 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 the summer, to be honest, because I would like to have seen Dykes get some goals and suddenly be worth twenty mil. But it's not going to happen as it's in the winter. But um, no, I think I, I think Dicky for me, I, I, I'll take I'll take ten mil tomorrow. Uh, happily, um, I'll probably take less than that to be honest. As long as we make profit on what we sold him for, uh, bought him for, sorry. Um, but it's it's Willock miles ahead of anyone else monetary like, wise. Cu- currently, though, it'd be Ilias, wouldn't it? If anyone was to go, oh, yeah, currently, currently, I, Ilias, yeah. I definitely think Don Ball's gonna go at some point. The are no sellable assets, you mate. Every single episode, I have to have a mention of Don Ball. I love him. Oh. <laughs> Just All like right. the song. Quick, quickly then, um, we want to chat about um, the rail seating. We haven't touched on it. Um, Doug, do you want to give us a quick, um, what's going on with the rail seating? Well, I don't know if it's been an update recently. No, like... well, what's the, you know, when it last week? Um, so obviously, like the rail seating is, it's not so much an issue about around the rail seating slash standing, is it? It's the issue with the forty pound membership for the blue and white bar, isn't it? That's what is getting a few fans a bit irritated. Um, for me, I, I, I'm really looking forward to the fact that we're going to have some safe standing, and I think it's a really good idea. But again, like, we pay enough money for tickets and other merchandise. Do we really need to pay it? I know. It's down to the fact that they think they're going to be overcrowded and they want it to obviously not get too crowded in the blue and white bar. I get that. I understand it. But I just feel like there could have been a better way around it. Guys, what do you think? I know you're passionate about it. You've got uh, 10 minutes, so good luck with okay. that. I'm going to try and give a, a shortened version of yes. how I feel about it. Um, if, if anybody follows me on Instagram, you would have obviously seen my video on how I feel about it. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> For me, obviously sitting in P block, my my main um, issue is the fact they want to move the family stand up into into the upper P block sort of section, um, which to me makes no sense whatsoever. When that is one of the the three blocks, obviously along with Q and R block, that generate a lot of the atmosphere, obviously in in the home end. It, it doesn't make sense to take away, obviously that section of atmosphere to fill it up with kids, you know, and families. By all means, I say, I've got no issue with the safe stand. I've got no issue with, with having a family stand, but you've got to put it in an area where you're not going to affect kids because that's where it boils down to, you know. There's that, mate. I'm trying to think where that would be in the stadium and I'm struggling. Not saying so, that it having, shouldn't be where you're there. I'm, I am well, South Africa, South Africa Road, easily South Africa Road, they or paddocks, because that to me is the cemetery stand. If you ever go and sit in there, you don't get any atmosphere. You get people that may clap, may may squeal sometimes, but yeah, it, it's I just don't I don't see how moving a family part of the family stand into the upper block next to a block that is filled with people that will use a lot of swear words, a lot of like you know naughty chance and, and that how that's going to benefit kids or families want to come back uh but i also agree with the 40 pound membership i don't see why they want to charge 40 pound for a bunch of kids that can't even pour a, a decent pint on a match day anyway <laughs> and like it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous i don't even go in there anymore because it's, it's so it's, bad it's 40 quid for the season though isn't it i i, I would say that's not that bad though really is it 40 quid for a season? Is it bad? Brad, Brad, give me 40 quid and I'll pour you a decent pint for a good three <laughs> years, let alone half a season. Right? 
Seriously, some of them kids, mate, they 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 think they're pouring out Coca Cola or like juice box or something, mate. You know. I think yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very passionately against the the movement of the family stand, and I am I am against the whole you know, especially if you're a season ticket holder, you shouldn't have to be paying an extra forty quid for the season anyway, because they didn't clarify that. But as for the safe stand itself, yeah, I agree with it. I just don't. I'd like to know why that you know, especially as our block stand up every game. Why it couldn't just be put in there and live and keep everything else the same and and keep everyone happy. I, I went to that. Um, you know the the fans. I've got the word for it, but the fans thing you got Loftus Road forum, where you see forum. Forum. And I went to that um, with Lee Hughes and that people were saying the, the blokes that the the blokes there the, the one that's doing this safe standing, and they said that they wanted to put it behind the goal because. They wanted to get a stand in the ground, a bit like Palace, where you've got everyone standing, flags going about, people singing. You know, it puts it puts people off, doesn't it? You know, especially teams. And if you put it in the R block, it's, it's a bit up. It's not going to be on TV. And I think that's more his point, is that because the camera is, is right above my head in Ellerslie, yeah. anything, it just our stand doesn't look like it's ever you know you never see our stand so mm. what other people see is potentially empty pockets everywhere if we're scoring a goal then it's going to look fantastic on tv if it's all behind the goal whereas the yeah. places where it needs to be moves a camera if that's all you're worried about <laughs> i think the long-term goal from what i've seen and heard is that that whole stand two stands eventually in the years to come will be whole safe standard the whole loft top and bottom will be you know that's that's the way it's going, isn't it? There's going to, the safe standard is going to be, it's just going to go on, isn't it? It's not, it's not only just going to be one section of a stadium forever. It's just going to, it's just going to come back and it'll be like in a, in a stand. Um, but how long is that for if we're no, I know, yeah. going to be looking yeah. for a new home? Well, what's the point of upsetting all of these fans that have been had their seats for, you know, 13 seasons consecutively if we're actually looking for a bigger stadium? Because as he said in his fans forum, we can't stay at, you know, KPF yeah. Loftus Road, because as a club we will die. Do you know what I mean? So it's one of those mm. things. If you're looking for something, put safe rail, rail standing in the new stadium where nobody has decided that this is my home for. You know, I've had my seat for 21 seasons now consecutively. I'd be fuming if somebody told me I couldn't sit there anymore. Because if they mm. turn, if you have to have kids to go into the family stand, I'm like, well, I go with my dad and my granddad. Does that not count? Like, <laughs> or do I have to be bringing somebody's random child with me because I don't have any of my own? So I. Just, <laughs> I think don't upset the fans at this minute if you're going to move us anyway. It just that makes no sense. But I have to swear, so I can't have kids sitting next to me that don't understand what swearing is. <laughs> you can borrow mine if you want, Jackie, and I'll go sit in the R block and you can take mine to the. To the yeah, well, the I'm, I'm in the B block. <laughs> you know, you're more than welcome. <laughs> See, we're quite fortunate because we sit in LZ Road X, so we yeah. it's not really affected us. But I can see your point. I'll let you off for that one right well let's 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 talk Sheffield United do we have to oh no yeah (laughs) Ollie what you what you what you thinking what you predicting what how's the game gonna go um it would be absolutely classic QPR to go and beat Sheffield United now wouldn't it 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 would do you know what <laughs> uh, do you know, I'm going to go one nil Rangers. I, oh my days! And that's not because I think we're better than them. I just think it would be classic QPR, and yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. But I think we'll beat them for some reason. I don't know why. Dunk, what are you thinking? Um, I'm not quite sharing that much optimism as Ollie. I don't think we'll win, but I do think we're going to somehow grind out a one-one draw. I think they've got a couple of injury worries. I think Billy Sharp's not fit for them. So I know they've, they've struggled for goals recently. So I think it's going to be a bit of a close match. And I think as long as we can kind of keep it tight, keep it compact, I think we'll sneak a 1-1. Brad? I've got to be positive. I mean, this podcast has been a bit negative the whole way through. So I'm going to go 2-0. I think we're going to beat them 2-0. Jackie, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I will always do my uh, 4-2 Barbe anytime bet, um, just because if that comes in, mate, I'm, I'm loaded. Um, but uh, the QPR way, 2-1. I reckon we'll do it. 2-1. Guns, what do you reckon? Oh, I'm going to have to bring it all down. So, I mean, 
as you guys know, I'll be playing football anyway, so I won't be really keeping up with it. I was expecting it. I don't do score predictions. I don't, no, 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 I don't do score predictions. Everyone knows I don't do score predictions, so I do result, I do result wise, and I just don't see it as winning. I, I just see it as a loss. I see another typical go away from home and, uh, you know, two shooty goals or something like that. So, yeah, unfortunately, sorry, guys, I have to be the uh, negative. the negative one. So, yeah, I don't see <laughs> it winning. I think then we'll go one nil up. I think we'll go one nil up. And then, then we'll something will happen. Something will happen. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He'll bring Hendrick on <laughs> and we'll lose 4 1. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, bring Hendrick. Yeah. I'd rather have Jimmy Hendrix in the team, let alone Hendrick. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks everyone for coming on. Um, you, know, you know, not great, is it really? But we're still in it. And let's hope we can get a result tomorrow and come back on next week. And, um, That's fine. We all love Warburton again. So. <laughs> I want to go. Bye from everyone. Sure. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Have a Cheers. great week. Always. 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 You are. You are. Starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora. Unbelievable. From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora. Sorely scored another playoff winner. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.